When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cowboys, Elvis, superheroes, and swimmers. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? There's a lot to watch this weekend. So what, we just sit here? I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, November 3rd to Sunday, November 5th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Prepare to bid farewell to one generation of Duttons and welcome two more. The second half of Yellowstone's fifth season, which will conclude the family saga that started it all, is now set to premiere in November 2024. And for those already mourning the departure of the Kevin Costner-led series, Paramount has also revealed plans for two more spinoffs to expand the franchise. A present-day story with the working title 2024 will pick up after the events of Yellowstone have concluded, while a prequel series, 1944, will follow in the footsteps of previous spinoffs by jumping into the past to recount the dramatic lives of an earlier Dutton family generation. Euphoria is still set to return in all its glittery glory, but fans have to wait just a little while longer. According to HBO boss Casey Bloys, season three won't hit screens until 2025. During a Thursday Warner Brothers Discovery press event, the Sam Levinson-created series was featured in a 2025 sizzle reel alongside The Last of Us Season 2, The White Lotus Season 3, and IT prequel Welcome to Derry. Bloys explained that premiere dates were heavily impacted by the joint actors and writer strikes. As of now, the series have yet to begin, or in the case of the IT prequel, resume filming. It's hard to kill Superman, but his days on the CW are numbered, and it's not because of kryptonite. The network announced on Thursday that Superman and Lois will end after season four. The DC Comics drama starring Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulloch as the titular couple will return in 2024 with a 10-episode final season. And speaking of Superman, Nicolas Cage says in a new interview with Yahoo Entertainment that he was surprised by how his appearance as Superman was used in this year's movie, The Flash. The actor, who was originally supposed to play Superman in a 90s film that never got off the ground, told Yahoo, quote, When I went to the picture, it was me fighting a giant spider. I did not do that. That was not what I did. Cage was on set for The Flash. He just didn't know that director Andy Muschietti was going to pit him against an oversized arachnid, which was in reference to what producer John Peters inexplicably wanted from the movie Superman Lives. As Cage explained, quote, I think Muschietti is a terrific director. He's a great guy and a great director, and I loved his two It movies. What I was supposed to do was literally just be standing in an alternate dimension, if you will, and witnessing the destruction of the universe. Cal-El was bearing witness to the end of the universe, and you can imagine with that short amount of time that I had what that would mean in terms of what I can convey. 
I had no dialogue, so I had to convey with my eyes the emotion. So that's what I did. I was on set for maybe three hours. The Flash is available to stream on Max. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. If you thought the Selling Sunset Palm Springs trip was dramatic, just wait for Cabo. Our number five pick this weekend is season seven of the Netflix reality soap, which documents the lives of several real estate agents at the Oppenheim Group in Hollywood. In the new season, the gang heads to Mexico to visit the company's newest office. But as star Chriselle Staus recently told EW, things quickly get messy with all the women staying in the same house. In Chriselle's words, quote, we all love Cabo. It's just, do we all have to stay in the same house together? My answer to that would be no. So let's take a listen to get a hint at the drama to come. Namaste. To peace in the office. <laughs> Namaste out of everybody's business. <laughs> the gloves are probably going to come off. I will really show who's a top agent and who's not. The other girls, they need to get on my level. My blisting, this 22 million. Oh, wow. Stunning. This is the best bathroom I've ever seen. Can I get the number to whoever did this? <laughs> things are moving pretty slow in the market right now. We have to work harder. Buckle up because things are changing. You guys have gotten a little bit complacent. The agents in OC work their ass off. I just hope that the OC office doesn't end up subsidizing this new LA office. I'm really trying to figure out this balance of work and social settings. You know how Jason is. He loves somebody, he loves him forever. I just feel like maybe there's feelings left. I'm losing brain cells on this conversation. Oh yeah, there's also some crossover with Selling Sunset spinoff Selling the OC. And clearly it doesn't sound like the agents are getting along. What? happened to namaste out of everybody's business well the season will also see a face-off between chriselle and jason oppenheim's most recent ex marie lou nurk and it sounds like brie ticey and chelsea lascani's feud continues but despite the drama there will be some sweet moments between gal pals too Brie previously told EW that she became very close with Emma Hernan and Chriselle this season, and to expect an unexpected moment between Brie and Chriselle. Selling Sunset Season 7 is now streaming on Netflix. The Boys College Set spinoff is ready for its final exam at our number four pick of the weekend. After a freshman season filled with death by period mayhem, disemboweled puppets, and exploding penises, Gen V is about to stick the landing. The telepathic pusher Kate Dunlap is taking over Godolkin University with Sam by unleashing all the angry soups who have been experimented on in the woods. The only thing stopping them from killing every non-soup on campus is their friends. Here's a preview. When I'm done, maybe eventually you'll realize I'm being a hero. I want to be a hero too. Sam, don't go with her. You are superior to them, and it's time we showed it. So what, we just sit here? No, we stop them.
Well, as an added bonus, the Gen V finale will set the stage for what's to come in season four of the Mothership series, The Boys. Just listen to what executive producer Eric Kripke told EW prior to Gen V's official season two renewal. You know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that, you know, by the end of season one of Gen V, there's like a handoff to season four of The Boys. And, and, then, you know, whenever we break season four of the boys, it will be a handoff to knock on wood, the the hopeful season two of Gen V. And and and, and it's just that stuff just requires communication, you know, like when they were when they were breaking the virus storyline, they just had to be in regular communication with me in my room to understand that, like, is that a thing out in the world that'll be helpful to us or is it going to f- us? Well, doesn't sound like it will. The season finale of Gen V is flying on Amazon Prime Video today. Trivia. It's trivia time. When Sofia Coppola was nominated for her first Oscar, she joined her cousin Nick Cage, father Francis Ford Coppola, and grandfather Carmine Coppola as one of only two families to have three consecutive generations of a family earn an Oscar nomination. Who was the other family? Was it the Houstons, the Cloonies, or the Fondas? Stick around for the answer. Taylor Sheridan is taking a step back from the Yellowstone verse to executive produce our next pick this weekend, a story based on real-life cowboy Bass Reeves. He was the first black deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi, and his exploits may have inspired the Lone Ranger. Reeves reportedly made some 3,000 arrests without ever sustaining a single wound. And David Oyelowo stars as the famed Wild West hero and also serves an executive producer on Lawmen Bass Reeves, which also features Donald Sutherland and Dennis Quaid. Here's the trailer. You a lawman or an outlaw? Bit of both, I reckon. I need a man with a good gun and a straight spine. You up for the task? I wouldn't be sitting here in my Sunday best if I wasn't. Around these parts, we might be men. They're just killers. All thieves. I took an oath to protect everyone. I ain't about to quit this. You find a home for yourself, what would you do to hold on to it, to protect it? You got to the count of five to get the hell off my lane. Lady, you got two shells in that bird killer. Then I just shoot you twice, just to be certain. How do I get to do what you do? You're loyal, and you ain't afraid of much. But the real power lie beneath the badge. Ready to ride? I thought you'd never ask. Well, originally intended as a spin-off to Yellowstone prequel 1883, Bass Reeves morphed into a standalone anthology series sharing the stories of prominent lawmen. Lawmen, Bass Reeves premieres Sunday on Paramount+. Plus. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey, everyone. 
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to BW's What to Watch. That sound you hear is Snickers running to the theaters. And no, not the bite-sized candy bars you stocked up on this past week. We are talking about the adults who used to watch Snick on Nickelodeon in the 90s. That's because Good Burger is getting a sequel. The original 1997 movie was a spinoff from the teen sketch comedy show All That, which aired on Snick. It might be decades past the Good Burger heyday, but a Good Burger 2 trailer was unveiled this week that revives the fictional burger chain. And it's that trailer that gives us our soundbite of the week. We're going to be opening mega Good Burgers in cities all over the world. From Hollywood to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is not a city, it's the name of an ape. King Kong. The game with the paddles? Ping pong. The sound a doorbell makes. Ding dong! What? Well, it might have been 26 years since the duo donned their paper hats, but you will be able to relive that Snick era magic when Good Burger 2 hits Paramount Plus on November 22nd. Number two. Four-time Academy Award nominee Annette Bening stars as legendary long-distance swimmer Diana Nyad in Nyad, our number two pick this weekend. Nyad, at 64 years old, accomplished the nigh-impossible 110-mile swim from Havana, Cuba to Key West, Florida. She's joined on her mission, somewhat reluctantly, by her best friend-turned-coach Bonnie Stoll, portrayed by two-time Oscar winner Jodie Foster. Here's a bit of the trailer. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no. That's insane. Diana, you tried that when you were 28, and you did not make it when you are 28. You're 60. I don't believe in imposed limitations. The only one who gets to decide if I'm through is me. Of course, that's the draw, seeing two of the finest actors of their generation bouncing off one another. Literally, a highlight of the film is a simple game of table tennis that's in itself a masterclass in acting. For directors Elizabeth Chai Vassarhelye and Jimmy Chin, whose backgrounds are in documentary filmmaking with movies including 2018's Oscar-winning Free Solo, this was their first time working with actors, and they felt as if they had hit the lottery, understandably. They spoke recently with EW about their new film. I remember the first time they sat down together. Um, It was at Annette's apartment in New York, and you know, it was amazing. I mean, we were reading through Jimmy and I, this is surreal. <laughs> but then as we're walking out, Annette said, thank you to Jody," And Jody said, my pleasure. So it, it was like you saw the beginning of a friendship and then it also just continued. Like Jody was always very concerned about Annette's well-being in the water because it was br- like, it was really hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, so, so it, it, it just, we were very lucky. 
Well, after a limited theatrical release, Nyad is now streaming on Netflix. Our number one pick this weekend might have you all shook up. After last year's Elvis, the attention now turns to Priscilla Presley in Sofia Coppola's latest movie, simply titled Priscilla. Based on her memoir, Elvis and Me, the movie tracks the highs and lows of the Presley's relationship from her point of view, starting with when they first met on a U.S. military base in Germany. She was just 14 and he was 24. Here is a bit of the trailer as we get a glimpse into their lives behind the closed doors of Graceland. He's not like you imagined. You know, there's a lot of rumors about you. Was there something you're hiding? I don't have a goddamn thing to hide. I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you going to be here or not? Coppola and her stars Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elordi sat down for EW's Around the Table video series, where they talked about the complexities of showing some of the darker moments of Priscilla and Elvis's life together. Her book is really revealing and honest about the ups and downs, and I really wanted it to have all of that and not be, you know, one note and feel real and complex and um, and always try to have sensitivity and um, understanding for the characters. I definitely wanted to have all the fun and excitement and glamour that she experienced and also the um, the hard part in a complex relationship with being a, with an artist that I was was struggling. Priscilla's words, the way that, that she wrote about it, they were all, it was always uh, acknowledging the complexities and I think you spoke a little bit um, before about like women from that generation and the kind of strength of someone like Priscilla to be able to understand the kind of circumstances that and the pressures that Elvis was under and I think playing that was more the goal for us than playing like now I'm physical towards you or now I'm angry it was there was always something under the surface I'm sure you obviously felt this but wanted to feel like the story was in safe hands and that we were, you know, respecting it and uh, just being truthful and honest and wanted to make sure that she felt sort of safe. Yeah, I think just approaching it with sensitivity and that um, it was really important that I felt that Priscilla felt that her story was represented in a way that was true to her. Well, this is certainly a portrait of Elvis like you have never seen before and gives great insight into what we all thought was a fairy tale romance. Priscilla is in theaters now. Trivia. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Sofia Coppola, along with Nick Cage, Francis Ford Coppola, and Carmine Coppola, is part of just two families that have had three consecutive generations earn an Oscar nomination. Who is the other family? Is it the Houstons, the Cloonies, or the Fondas? Well, all three of those families are steeped in show business, but only the Houstons have three generations that have earned an Oscar nomination. Legendary director John Houston earned a total of 14 nominations for directing and writing, earning his only wins in those categories on Treasure of the Sierra Madre. That, by the way, is the same movie that earned his father, Walter, his only Oscar win for Best Acting in a Supporting Role, though he would be nominated a total of four times during his career. And John's daughter, Angelica Houston, has pulled in three nominations, grabbing her only Oscar for a supporting role in Pritzi's Honor. 
And that is our show this weekend. We will have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm executive editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. This episode of What to Watch was written by Dustin Nelson, Nick Romano, Ashley Boucher, Lester Brathwaite, and EW staff. Edited by Sammy Junio and hosted and produced by Jared Hall. What to watch.